gorillas last week. Grab your, your uh, bulletin and use your pencil or your pen to take some study notes. We are going to be reading some passages. I won't necessarily wait for you to get to them. I want you to be able to look at them. No surprise, we're in 1 Peter chapter 2. We got through the first clause of 1 Peter 2.4. We're going to go just a little bit farther today. And it's living stones that you should have. So a refresher from last week. Christ is the living stone, the one we come to by faith. We looked at testimonies that were angelic that said he is our Savior who will save his people from their sins. We looked at the Jewish testimonies that he is a light to the Gentiles and a hope to Israel. Jesus' own self-understanding testimony that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. We looked at a Gentile testimony of a Roman soldier who witnessed his crucifixion and death who said, truly, this is the Son of God. We looked at the disciples' testimony who who nicknamed him Doubting Thomas, but I, I prefer to call him his response when the risen Christ came to him and showed him his hands and his feet. He said this, My Lord and my God. And we looked at what coming to him meant. Receiving him, believing in him, believing in his name. So let's continue on in the passage and look at a couple more pieces of this, the living stone. So I'll read 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. A stone chosen and precious to God. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but chosen and precious to God. That in verse 4, he moves forward to verse 6. That's where he brings in the reference of who is this stone? What is this stone he's talking about? This is a reference to Isaiah 28, 16. This entire chapter in Isaiah is very interesting. We won't read the entire chapter. I would encourage you to spend time in the Word this week as you look at it. But who is Isaiah 28, 16? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be ashamed. This is a a judgment and a promise, a judgment upon an unrighteous Jerusalem whose leaders have abandoned the Lord. That's why I encourage you to go back and look at the immediate context of Isaiah 28.16. And yet this is far more than simply the resolution of some 
a far greater in scope and in depth as this is seen as the coming of the Savior who is the cornerstone of the foundation. And the reference is in verse 6 that brought into uh, First Peter is Isaiah 28, 16. But when you look back at verse 2, if you come to him, living where does this living come from? Why does Peter, as the author, ultimately God is the author, but Peter is one of the disciples who's witnessed the ministry of Christ, and he's writing this for a reason. Why does living insert itself here as the reference to Jesus? The resurrection here presses itself into the text of First Peter by the sheer take you back to one of the foundational encounters that Peter went through. It's Luke 24, verses 36 through 43. So that's Luke 24. Thank you for the reading, Sarah. I was going to say that I can read it before I got back to it. Luke 24. As they were talking about these things, this is after Jesus' crucifixion, his death, burial, and he has been raised from the dead. As they were talking about these things, for these things have to do with the disciples who were on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus appears to them, but he's cloaked from their understanding. They don't know that it's him until they get to their destination, and then he breaks bread with those two disciples. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved, while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you ever been here before? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. and long-suffering love for the disciples comes and shows them his hands and his feet. Is it because they remembered his hands ministry to little children and handing out bread uh, as they fed the 5,000 at the 
Jesus is offering us. Jesus is true that He is there standing before them. And they are struggling to embrace it. They think they've seen a spirit. It scares them to death. And look at that face of their Lord Jesus Christ. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. He didn't conceal his real identity. He didn't hide from them. He didn't just cloak who he was. He said, Lord, now take your hands and show them your hands. And he followed this up. You can see the struggles in here. It says so in the text. They're thinking, well, this is a bad spirit. So he's offering them his hands and his feet. And then he makes this real strange request. Have you ever said is there anywhere you recognize a good lunch? Because the fishermen, you probably got fish. I'm really hungry right now. And they're not asking for something good. Jesus is asking for a piece of fish so that he can prove to them he is really the truth. He ate the piece of broiled fish before them. He took it A pastor friend of mine, he said, you could just see them all standing there watching him eat it. And they were just expecting that fish to just drop to the ground and just go for it. It doesn't. He chews it and swallows it. He's there. He's there with them. He's alive. This is great news. Good news of great joy. Back to our text in First Peter 2. Why does religion insert itself in these hands? Religion. preach it because I believe it, folks, and I pray you will too. That you find hope in this living Savior who feels patiently the sinful, rebellious, hard-headed, stubborn fools like you and me. He took them. He came and he showed them hands and his feet. He came and ate fish in front of them so that they would know he is alive. Passage continues in verse 4. A living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. Rejected by men. Religious men, men of the civil magistrates, rejected by Jew, rejected by Gentile, rejected by ancient and by modern men. And then look at two passages. Matthew 26, 62 through 68. You can look these rejections. I want you to see them written before you. Matthew 26, 62 through 68. This is at his trial before the high priest, before the Jewish religious leaders. The, the designated chosen people of God have put the Son of God on trial before them. Starting in verse 62. 
And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to men? What is it that these men testify against you? priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, he deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him. And some slapped him, saying, prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it? Rejected by the civil magistrate and by the people. We're going to go to Luke 23. Luke 23, 13 through 25. I know it's a little bit of a longer passage, but hang with me. This is his trial before Pilate. So look at his trial before the Jewish religious leaders. Now they bring him to the Roman governor, Pilate. Luke 23, 13. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look. Nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish him and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. And release him. But they were urgent, demanding a loud cry that he should be crucified. And their voices So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. To whom they asked. So he delivered Caesar over to them. Jesus has told the truth to the Jewish religious leaders. And yet their solution to the Savior standing in front of them is to send him to the cross. He has stood before the Roman governor, and the governor can't find anything in Roman law that would deserve death of what he's done, and yet they send him to the cross. Crucified. Rejected by men. 
sight of God chose to answer us. I want to take us there. In the sight of God chosen and trusted. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. I know this is a little different than the way Pastor Kevin preaches, but let's just tour through the scriptures here and see how these things tie together. I, I want you to see that in the sight of God chosen people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized in the sea, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. A living stone chosen and precious to God, here at the baptism of Christ. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance and of sin. Jesus had no sin to atone for. But he was marking himself in the place of the Son. And as he does this publicly and embarks on this public ministry, the triune God makes himself known to us. We have the Son of God baptized. We have the Spirit of God present in the form of a dove descending upon him, strengthening him for the work that will happen. And we have the Father speaking from the heavens, this is my beloved Son. He was chosen Rejected by man and yet chosen Do you join in the rejection chorus across the centuries? Is it the one who has told only the truth and all the truth about who he is? Do you come to him? Do you receive him? Do you believe in his name? I pray that you will. also remind you how precious he is from the, the reading of the transfiguration and we'll read that here one more time Matthew 17 1 through 8 six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking with him, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for he was still speaking, and behold, a bright cloud overshadowed him, and a voice from the cloud said, 
this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and arose. This is my beloved son. This is the living stone rejected by men but chosen and precious to God. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then this smaller audience of these three disciples listens just to what looked at how the, the trial in front of Pilate turned into a raucous crowd responding to his question. Oh Lord, where is the Messiah? What is the Father's sadistic this occurred, as we've seen so many times when the divine encounters the mortal, how did the disciples respond? It scared the liver out of them. They didn't know what to do. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Do you blame them? I don't. What an amazing display of the power of God to these sun and his clothes are as white as light. Look at the scene in your mind's eye, in your sanctified imagination. Take the description and paint the picture. And you hear the voice of God say, Why do you look at me? He came presence of one whose face shines like the sun and whose clothes are bright as light. He gives them the ministry of comfort in this moment. And he says, don't be like the disciples. And when they lifted up their eyes, so they, they heard him, they responded, they listened to him. The Father had said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And he comes up and he tells them, don't be afraid. I'm here. I took the instruction of the Father to heaven. I will tell him what I want him to tell you. I'm so thankful for the willingness of Christ to minister to those around him who are struggling in prison, who are struggling circumstances who are overwhelmed by the presence of God and Jesus ministers comfort and hope at any moment of their lives. 
this living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and special. Christ will remain in the sight of God, chosen and special, if every last human being who ever existed rejected him. Humanity does not win in the final judgment of who Jesus is. The Father wins. The triune God wins. He is chosen and precious. But I don't want all of us to reject him. I want us to embrace him, to come by faith to him, that he can do what he promises to do, to be that good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down his life for his sheep. He comes to save his people from their sins. The things that mark us through and through, and yet he chose us. Rejected by men. Religious leaders, civil leaders. What's the world today? Do we have religious leaders? Do we have civil leaders? Maybe they will reject Christ in very open and obvious ways. sight of God, chosen and special. That's where it's at. First Peter 2. First Peter 2, verse 5. It's a continuation of that same sentence. Therefore, in the sight of God, chosen and special, like living stones, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. And he continues on to this. You yourselves, like living stones, He is the the stone who's called out, the cornerstone, the foundation, set in place by God, and he is alive. And our identification with Christ, who in you is such a this living stone. So so we become living stones used by God in the building up of his body. And I'll just have to say we'll explore more of that the next time I get up here. I know this is going to take forever for us to get through this. But it is such good meat to chew on. It is the glory of God and the salvation of sinners displayed here in 1 Peter. We can criticize Peter all we want for being a bonehead and shooting his mouth off. But he gets it. He knows who he is and what Christ has done. You yourselves, this is written to Christians, you yourselves like living stones as you come to him in faith, as you receive him, as you believe in him, as you believe in his name, all the things we looked at last week, you are so joined in him fellowship with your Savior. Not to come and walk away, but to come and stay. To come and stay at the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross. To bring Him there. To bring Him there and feel just so tenderly of His love. As you come to Him and continue coming to Him, He will 
proved to be the witness of Jesus. Chosen and accepted in the second coming. For the unbeliever today, I, I call you to come to this living stone to look across all these accounts that we have examined and look at the faithful true Christ. The one sent to be the Savior, the anointed, the Lamb of God sent for the, to save sinners. I would call you to believe in him. To receive him. To believe in his name. To look to another for your salvation. He gives his life for the sheep to grant you Father, thank you for the gift of this living stone, this stone set in place by you, this cornerstone, a sure foundation. I thank you, O Lord, for your display of mercy to people who struggle with this, who find ourselves in the midst of it. Lord, may we continue in your faithful steadfast love to strengthen us, to encourage us, to feed us through your word, to feed us together with the stones placed by you for the ministries of Christ and the ministries of others. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for the gift of glorified in us so we would hear this news, this good news of the Savior and continue coming to him again 